Now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Hope you're enjoying your holiday. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying your holiday too. <laughs> Yet we are working. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to report the news. <laughs> I know, I know. The news never stops. The news never stops. It doesn't. So here we are to do this dance all over again. But it seems that some people are still uh, enjoying their six-day Chuseok holiday. Um, of course, mm. as people try to make their way back into the city and get back to work, uh, traffic conditions are meant to be tricky. So how about a little bit of a preview? Our first keyword of the day. Happy holidays. I don't know if it's because we're working. That that sounds sarcastic to me. <laughs> just a, just a tad. <laughs> if we can kill two birds with one stone. All right. So many families are still enjoying the extended holiday visiting tourist attractions on the first day of October. So these select locations that attract many tourists, it's still very crowded. Tell us more. Yeah. So for some of us, it's the first day back at work. But for <laughs> most people, it's uh, still halfway it's the halfway point of this uh, six-day extended uh, Shizok holiday. And so, of course, a lot of people are still enjoying it. And, uh, of course, it comes at the start of the autumn season as well. So there are many families uh, and people who are welcoming the start of the autumn season by uh, making excursions, uh, enjoying the outdoors, uh, and getting that fall foliage. Although there's not so much now, but, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, we're seeing traces of it. Uh, and families are gathered uh, various uh, hiking trails, for example, beaches uh, and other uh, tourist attractions such as uh, museums and whatnot. Uh, and it's also the first time in a long time as well since the pandemic uh, that families uh, in large numbers as well are able to enjoy uh, the outdoors and gather together. There's mm. been um, some uh, sightings of families of uh, up to 16 people uh, gathering outside and visiting some places and uh, uh, with many generations of the family getting together. Uh, museums are also packed with children as well, so some uh, learning and fun experiences for them. Uh, and as I said, we are still halfway through the six-day Chuzak period, so there is uh, about a day or two for people to still enjoy the holiday before most people start getting back to work uh, on Wednesday, mm. uh, and people are making the most out of it mm. so far. All right. Now, the tra traffic conditions are likely to be quite tricky today and tomorrow. How are the roads looking this morning? Right. Uh, is it, it is expected that roads across the country will be congested from the afternoon. Uh, according to authorities, 360,000 vehicles are forecast to move from the capital area uh, to local areas and 520,000 vehicles from local areas to the capital area. And there's going to be about a total of just under 5 million vehicles nationwide in that busy afternoon period. Uh, the congestion on the way home uh, back to the capital area for most people is expected to start around 12 uh, noon and be most severe from uh, 3 to 4 in the afternoon. Now, traffic may start to ease at around 10 to 11 at night, but even uh, generally speaking, that's a time when not many cars are on the road uh, anyway, now the estimated travel time from other major cities like Busan and Daejeon and Daegu uh, to Seoul will take roughly about an hour to one and a half hours less on average uh, than in the peak of the holiday. So, for example, mm. uh, from Busan to Seoul, 
you're looking at about uh, four to four and a half hours, where uh, usually in the peak of the holiday period, it's usually about uh, five and five and a half hours, mm. uh, and even sometimes six, uh, depending on uh, traffic conditions. But of course, traffic in Seoul is always volatile and unpredictable, so <laughs> it might take uh, you might get a uncongested ease of traffic. Uh, through the expressways, but once you get into Seoul, it start might it might start getting congested as well. So of course, do take note of that. Mm, I was at the Incheon International Airport to pick a family over the weekend, and it was yeah. so congested trying to get out of right. Incheon International Airport. It is true <laughs> what you see in the news reports. <laughs> right, I can imagine certainly, yeah. <laughs> so plan accordingly and keep radio updates handy, folks. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. Not nuke state. So South Korea says North Korea will never be recognized as a nuclear weapon state, saying pursuit of such weapons will only intensify sanctions. So it seems that the UN government is doubling down on its hardline stance against North Korea's weapons programs. Yeah, so some more tensions uh, between the South and North. The comments were made by South Korea's foreign ministry in response to a statement by the North Korean foreign minister, Che Sun-hee. Uh, che claimed that the North's possession of nuclear weapons was a that legitimate exercise of sovereignty. These are comments that have been repeated many times before. She also, also uh, criticised a UN Security Council meeting that was convened last week in response to Pyongyang's latest measure to bolster its nuclear force policy in its constitution. Uh, a related party uh, convention was held uh, that was presided over by Kim Jong-un. Now, the ministry stressed that the international community clearly prohibits North Korea's development and provocation of nuclear weapons and missiles. It added that regardless of North Korea's actions and claims, its possessions of nuclear weapons will never be recognized and the sanctions of international communities uh, will further deepen. It also noted that North Korea continues to develop nuclear weapons and missiles, undermining the livelihoods of its own people and threatening peace and security in the world and the region. Uh, the ministry also criticised North Korea for continuing to make false and distorted claims while passing responsibility to outside parties to justify its nuclear weapons and development and provocations. It often uh, blames South Korea and the US uh, for what it calls hostile policies towards the North for justifying its nuclear weapons, and that's what the ministry is alluding to. Now, South Korea also marked Armed Forces Day yesterday, and President Yoon had some comments to make uh, in light of that day. Can you run us through what he said? Yeah, so he said that when the military safeguards national security with strong force, the people can trust you, engage in economic activities, create jobs and growth in you. He meant the soldiers. And he was speaking while inspecting the observation post of the 25th uh, Division. Now, the 25th Division was established shortly after the Korean War in 1953. Uh, you noted that it has successfully conducted over 30 inter-Korean spy operations and discovered North Korea's first infiltration tunnel back in 1974. Uh, he told troops that their dedication on the forefront of national security is the shortcut to revitalizing economy uh, and industry. So it's basically um, connecting a strong military force and national security with a strong economy. 
Uh, in particular, after directly observing the North Korean guard post through binoculars, Yoon told the commander to respond immediately uh, to provocations. Mm. And he also inspected the border patrol operation and he thanked soldiers for their efforts on border control. And he also held a banquet with young soldiers, vowing as commander in chief to ensure they carry out their duties with ease. Uh, after the meeting, he visited the barracks and checked uh, the condition of the living facilities uh, there as well. All right. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Filming military. So South Korean Army plans to create a combat photography team that will take photos and videos during military activities, record real-time war situations in the case there is a battlefront. Can you tell us the details? Mm. Yeah, so the team's uh, main job basically is to capture photos and videos during military exercises and mm. training even when there is no war. Uh, by doing this, they want to gain experience and learn how to document uh, military events. Okay. Uh, this decision comes after looking at the Russia-Ukraine conflict, where images and videos show things like civilian casualties and destruction uh, had a big impact on how the world uh, saw the situation and social media played a big role in spreading uh, these images as well. I think a lot of people might have seen such uh, clips and mm. videos and photos of the conflict that was actually happening um, on the ground in Ukraine. Uh, they're also worried that enemies might spread false information to hurt morale and also to tarnish South Korea's image as well. So, of course, if they have photos and videos of the actual situation, then they have proof of... Um, anything against these false information that might come out uh, mm. of the enemy. Now, to prepare for the establishment of the combat photography team, uh, the South Korean Army sent three officers to participate in joint training exercises with the U.S. military. They learned how to do combat photography and got experience from the U.S. team. Uh, the U.S. Army has been using combat photography teams for a long time now. So, uh, South Korea is benchmarking the U.S. Uh, team. Now, these teams have people who are trained to take photos and videos in tough and dangerous uh, situations. So you're just your average cameraman is not um, best fitted for such scenarios. Mm. Of course, people who do take photos and videos of these conflicts uh, pretty much have to have a good grasp on the situation as well in order to document it. Uh, efficiently and thoroughly. Now, Seoul's army recently tested its team actually by setting up. Um, one for the 9th Division during the recent Uji Freedom G uh, drill with the US mm. as well. So we might start getting some glimpses of the South Korean armies and military's activities on uh, South Korean social media uh, here as well. So the South mm. Korean people may get a better picture of how the military runs and operates uh, in the country. Uh, of course, I mean, we have war correspondents in, in battlegrounds as we speak, but this yeah. just sounds like a much more efficient way to document what happens on the ground. And as you've said, also training mm. uh, to better understand how the military mm -hmm. trains. All right, yeah. we'll leave it there for now as we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Interest rate gap. So the U.S. Fed's monetary tightening policy is expected to continue until next year, which means a reversal of South Korean U.S. policy interest rates will persist for some time. That's not good news. Uh, what's the latest? Yeah, so this basically means that there's always been a concern about this gap in interest rates between Korea and the U.S. If the gap gets too big, then, of course, that... Uh, creates a whole host of financial and economic um, uh, effects, uh, negative effects. Now, the BOK raised its policy interest rate 
ahead of the Fed in August 2021, signaling the start of the rate hike. Now, in the same year, from November to January this year, the interest rate uh, was raised eight times, bringing it up to a total of three percentage points. However, the rate hike trend that had continued for about a year and a half since August 2021 was effectively broken by the freeze in February, and the three and a half percentage point uh, base rate has been maintained for about seven months. Now, the Fed raised its key uh, rate target range from zero to a quarter percent in March 2022, starting from um, 2022, and continued to raise rates 11 times by July. Now, as the US raised rates sharply, the benchmark, uh, the benchmark rate exceeded the Korean benchmark rate in July last year, marking the beginning of the South Korean-U.S. benchmark rate reversal. Now, since then, the reversal gap, which subtracts the Korean rate from the U.S. rate, expanded one and a quarter percentage points at the end of last year to an unprecedented two percentage points in July and has since been maintained. Now, excluding August last year, when there was no rate difference temporarily, the period of the reversal has continued for about 15 months as of this month. Uh, this trend is expected to continue at least until the end of next year and possibly the year after, mm. um, even considering that the BOK is expected to lower its base rate in line with the Fed's rate cut, uh, possible rate cut. The period during which the US, uh, US policy rates are higher than South Korea's is expected con to uh, continue um, for some time. The problem is that if this reversal period uh, continues or if the gap expands, there are concerns that it could lead to financial uh, market instability. Now, in general, the expansion of the benchmark rate difference can weaken demand for Korean bonds, putting upward pressure on market interest rates and downward pressure on stock prices. Uh, but there are some analysts who don't think that the negative effects or impacts will be that great for Korea. Mm. So there's a bit of a disparity in opinions on how much of a um, of a detriment that this gap will be. Okay. Uh, but uh, the gap is expected to continue for some time nonetheless, which is, of course, not good. And for our final key word, uh, let's take a look at South Korea's trade portfolio. Is it looking up our fifth keyword of the day? Recovering exports. So Korea exports fell for the 12th consecutive month in the month of September, but the trade balance posted a surplus for the fourth straight month. What does this all imply? Can you tell us the details? Yeah, so a bit of a mixed signal uh, here. Uh, we don't know if it's temporary or not. Uh, that keyword should be uh, probably with a question mark at the end of it. Now, Korea's trade surplus reached uh, $3.7 billion. Uh, it marks the best performance in the past two years since it recorded a surplus of $1.8 billion back in uh, October uh, 2021. Now, while exports have been decreasing for 12 consecutive months, uh, a significant reduction in imports, particularly in energy imports, has led to the continuation of the trade surplus. Uh, notably, though, semiconductor exports have shown signs of recovery, recording the lowest export uh, decline rate this year. Uh, and speaking of, exports fell 4.4% on year to uh, just over $54.6 uh, billion last month. But September saw the smallest on-year fall in exports so far this year, raising hopes for an upturn uh, in the upcoming months. Now, the government expects the semiconductor supply situation to improve further and chip demand to increase further as well. Of course, uh, semiconductors being a key export item, if we see 
uh, recovery is there, then of course that means um, uh, help in the overall picking up of exports. So we'll have to see if this is temporary mm. um, or just a, a, due to just a base rate or just a temporary measures, or if this is the start of a continuation of exports recovering down the line. Thank you very much, Anand, for today's coverage. Enjoy the nice fall weather. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you too. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.